Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Today, I want to launch into a series of messages. It's a short uh, three-week series of messages that I want to share leading up to Thanksgiving. And uh, you know what? I, I often just come to this point in time every year, and I think to myself, why have we not invested more time in encouraging God's people to live with thankful hearts? Because the power... The power of gratitude in your life and mine is immeasurable. I mean, it, it's just, it's, I, I, I could, as a matter of fact, I did make a list. I made a list. It was far too long for the time allotted today. So I scratched it out, edited it out of the way. You can thank me later, you know, for the duration of the message. You know, you, you just, you'll be glad if you only knew. But I did edit that list out but the, the impact of gratitude and the life change that would be wrought in your life and mine would be absolutely incredible if we would purpose to live as thankful people. So I want to encourage you today in having a thankful heart, and I want to challenge us for these next three messages in how to truly have a heart that is grateful for the things that God has done in our lives. Now, I want to I illustrate the need of this series for you. I want to demonstrate this in a very, very presumptive exercise, okay? So I am assuming things about you, and I am leaning on what I know about human nature right now. So I'm not asking you to lie, but I'm asking you to maybe help me not feel bad here in this moment (sighs) how many of you have some things right now that just aren't going so good in life it's just you know we could we could sing a sad song and we could fill in all the lyrics with everything in life that's just just not happening for us as we think it should now let me ask you this How many of you are experiencing tremendous blessings in your life right now? Right? Okay. Now, right, we we take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have facts of life. Right? It's, It's just the way it is. But let me ask you this, and this is where I want you to be real honest with me. When I ask you how many of you are facing troubles in life and all the hands went up and there's nothing wrong with that, we all face troubles in this life. How many of you instantaneously also had an inventory of things that that populated in your mind of things that aren't going right right now? Just like when I said that, you're like, oh, oh, yeah, that's... For sure, man, I know exactly what you're talking about, right? And, and just, okay, now let me ask you this. How many of you, when I said, how many of you are being incredibly blessed right now because you're in church and you know it is the right and the Christian and the proper response for church, 
that we would all raise our hands in testament that we're being blessed right now. But honestly, if I ask you to compile a list right now, it would take you a little bit longer to compile the list of blessing than it did the list of everything that's going wrong. Are you tracking? Because sometimes, sometimes I believe that our focus can more often be on what's not right in this life than what is going well and how tremendously blessed we are. Now, I, just, I, I really feel that deeply, and maybe that comes from hundreds of hours of conversations with people. I don't know. Maybe it comes from my own head, because I can tell you, if I can just be so vulnerable with you this morning, as to say that for Steve, it's a lot easier sometimes to get fixated on what's not right than it is how tremendously blessed I am. And I recognize this in my own life. So I'm sharing this with you today because I believe there are powerful, powerful benefits to being a thankful person. That if we spent half as much time counting the blessings as we do worrying about the things that we don't have, then our lives would be simplified on so many different levels. I, I, I could, again, make you a list of things in your life that would be different if we were truly thankful people but let me make you a list of things that ungratefulness robs from our lives a lack of thanksgiving will blind you it will it will skew your perspective so that you don't see the true blessing of God in your life it will blind you it will bind you it will break you and it will cause you even to be, some, you know, sometimes we sit around and we complain about what we don't have because the truth is we're not appreciative for what we did have, but because we weren't thankful for what we did have, we weren't good stewards of what we had, therefore we don't have it anymore. And it seems like we're blessed and unfortunate, but the truth of the matter is we've had resource in our hands the whole time to take care of the things that we needed, but because we weren't thankful, we squandered it. And now we count ourselves as being unfortunate. So, but on the, on the flip side of that, a heart that is thankful, a heart that is filled with thanksgiving is satisfied it's content before the Lord, and it is at peace. You, you, I just want to introduce you today to a terminology, a name, an identity that you may not be familiar with, especially if you're new to church. And you may hear, you know, Elevation or Maverick City or whoever it is singing about Jaira, and you're like, what in the world? And I just want to tell you that in the Scripture... God identifies himself to you and I as Jehovah Jireh or the Lord will provide. That is his name, that's his identity, that is his revelation from himself to you and I through the written word is that he will provide. And I can tell you today that if you're sitting in this place with clothes on your back, a latte in your hand, a car underneath you as you are on the way this morning and you are here in health, you are here today as the result and the direct blessing that Jehovah Jireh has shown his favor in your life. 
Today I want to share with you the story of a man who endured many things in his life. He dealt with the facts of life, some good, some bad, some in between. Uh, but even though he endured many things in this life, he also was the recipient of many, many blessings from God. And it's evident in his life, even at times when he was undeserving. And let me just tell you the title of this first message in this series so that you begin to understand the principle here as we're walking this out. And, and the, the, the title here, oh, you've already got it there, so spoiler. <laughs> But a thankful heart does not see itself as entitled to anything. A thankful heart doesn't see itself as entitled to anything. Genesis chapter 25 tells the story of the birth of this man. He is one of a set of twins. You know them as Jacob and Esau. Esau being the firstborn, Jacob coming thereafter. And let me tell you something, what happens over the course of the next couple of chapters has all the makings of a Hollywood production. If you read your Bible and you walk away from that and you say, man, this was boring. I'd like to see your Bible. Because I'm not sure you're reading the same book that I'm reading. Because I want to tell you something. The word dishes. In other words, the, the Bible be telling everybody's business. And I mean, it tells some things sometimes that makes us blush. And makes us wonder, what in the world is this included in the canon of Scripture for? Why are we reading about all of these as-the-world-turns moments? In this, because in this guy's family, we see favoritism, we see plotting and deceit, we see revenge, we see romance, we see all of it. It's all in there. This, this book, the Bible, as you're reading through and you're reading about the characters... I would like to invite you in an exercise of putting yourself in the narrative, putting yourself in the shoes and in the places of these people because what is revealed to you and I is real life. It's real life. It's how life comes to us. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's less than favorable. But always God is working in the mix of it to bring about his purpose and his plan in our lives, okay? So we see that here in the life of this man. And you can read this story for yourself. But, but what happens over the next 14 years? So for those of you that aren't familiar, I'm going to give you a real quick, concise version here. Uh, Jacob was a mama's boy, and Esau's daddy loved him better. And Esau, being the older brother, was due the birthright, but through deceit and plotting, Jacob and his mother stole Esau's birthright. Esau pledged to kill Jacob in revenge for having been robbed of the birthright. Jacob's mama comes to him and says, Jacob, I've got family in a different land. I want you to go find this family and take you a bride from there. And then we fast forward here to this point. So Jacob flees per the instruction of his mother... And he goes to this foreign land and he finds this beautiful woman. 
And it turns out that she is a part of the household to whom his mother had sent him. And he, he falls in love with this woman and he pledges to serve her father for seven years to be able to have her hand in marriage. And everyone's agreeable to this arrangement. He says, I'm going to serve you, Uncle Laban. I'm going to serve you for the hand of this lovely woman. And when the, he, the seven years pass... And when the seven years pass, they go to the wedding. The wedding day comes and Jacob gets a taste of his own deceptive medicine as he finds out that Uncle Laban has pulled the old switcheroo on Jacob. And he did not marry his sweetheart, but he married his sister Leah instead. Now, you just don't always get out of this life what you anticipated. There are disappointments in this life. Let me, let me read you something here. Fellas. Fellettes. So that you can understand that sometimes experience, expectation don't necessarily mesh. Genesis 29 verse 16, listen to this. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Jacob had fallen in love with Rachel. But on the day of the marriage, he found out that he had married Leah. Okay? All right. This is not a two-for-one special. No, no. Pops was working here to offload the surplus inventory. I'm telling you, 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 you got to follow me here through this next verse, okay? Listen to the descriptors here in Scripture. Leah had weak eyes. But Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. I mean, can you imagine the wedding day disappointments when the veil is lifted and there stands weak-eyed Leah? And over on the side is Rachel with a lovely figure and beautiful. <sighs> a new agreement is made. Jacob... Uh, says, well, for seven more years, Uncle Laban, it's worth it. That girl, she's worth it. I'm going to serve you another seven years. Over the course of this seven years, this man is, uh, this Uncle Laban continually cheats Jacob. He changes his wages, and yet Jacob serves faithfully. And the day has finally come for Jacob to return to his homeland. And he packs up his wives and his children, and he heads away, and he gets on his way, and he is harassed by his father-in-law. And I don't know how you measure things but when I read this story I have got to confess to you that it may have had its highlights and it may have had its good times but overall I would summarize the last 14 years of this life as a pretty rotten experience now here's the thing you and I have a luxury today, and the luxury that you and I have today is taking a historical glance at a, of a completed lifetime and being able to look at that as a finished product and say, 
oh, but we know how it ends. We know how the story goes. But I want you to stop again. I want to invite you into this narrative because I want you to take a minute right now and I want you to put yourself in Jacob's shoes on day one of 14 years as you're there serving. I want you to fast forward to year seven when your uncle has tricked you into marrying his lazy-eyed girl that he knows he can't get rid of. But she's yours now, baby. And you've got to serve, and the whole time you're serving, you're being cheated, you're being maligned, you're being, things are being changed on you. It's not fair. Let me liberate you today. I'm going to set you free, and you're going to walk out of this place tomorrow, and you're going to face life with a brand new zest and zeal and an enthusiasm in your heart when I tell you that life is not fair. Just there you go. Just start right there because somehow or another, we, most of the disappointments I believe that we face in this life is because we leave the house every morning with the anticipation that somehow or another life is going to be fair to us. And then, then we live with the, with the copious amounts of disappointment as we learn that life's not fair. Life's not fair. But here's Jacob and he's, he's serving and he's being faithful and he's, he's doing what he's supposed to do and life is not fair fair so I want you to put yourself there and I want you to consider that all you know is that you went to bed today cheated and you don't know what tomorrow holds when you get up to face a new day and day after day after day for 14 years you're just serving and you're just being faithful and you're just living life and you don't know what's going to happen next you don't know what's going to change one moment to the next you don't know what kind of 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 injustice is going to be perpetrated on you you're just going through that hits a little different than opening up the pages of scripture and reading about somebody else doesn't it maybe you've been in a situation and you're you're just wondering and praying and just saying lord how long how, how long will I have to endure this pain? How long, Lord, this hardship? How long this relational duress? How long, God, this, this, this oppression that I'm under? How long? But here it is. He's, he's heading home. His father-in-law's harassing him, and he's not sure. He's still not sure. All these years later, when he gets home, he's still not sure that just maybe, perhaps, his brother Esau might still want to kill him. Literally. But yet, onward he goes. And you know what, I just, I'm going to call time out and I'm going to put myself here. And I'm going to put myself on these camels or donkeys or whatever they're on and they're heading back home after 14 years. And I'm going to look around at my wives, my children, all of the wealth that I've amassed over those 14 years and what am I going to say? I'm going to say, well, you know what? This is not the way that I would have scripted it out. It's certainly not the way that I would have planned it. But you know what? For everything I've been through, I deserve every bit of it. Every, every head of cattle that follows me, every sheep, every bleeding goat, 
every, everything, every child, every bit of my wealth, everything that I have right now, I deserve it for the things that I've been through. Ironically, that's not the testament that we read from Jacob. And I really want to stress putting yourself in this place today because we really need to put ourselves and our own thought processes in this so that we can make a comparison because I believe that the record of Scripture is here for you and I today to serve as prescriptive and corrective to our own thoughts and our own minds as we face this season where we focus on Thanksgiving and be sure that we are aligned doctrinally, scripturally, appropriately with where our thoughts should be. The Word says that you and I are supposed to renew our minds, right? And this is one of those areas where I believe we need to renew our minds. It says here, Genesis chapter 32, Jacob's heading home. Beginning in verse 9, it says, Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. Listen to this, beginning of verse 10. I am unworthy. I am unworthy, not of some of it, not of the, the overflow of the situation, not unworthy of the excess, but Lord, I am unworthy of all, all the kindness and the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant, I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Now I have become two camps. The basis of what Jacob's saying here is, Lord, even in the heartache and the pain, I realize that you've been working in my life. And God, I know that most of this I brought on myself. Nevertheless, you have been faithful. And I am not deserving of any of it. But pastor, you don't know how hard I work. Don't come at me with that. I'm a workaholic. I <laughs> You don't, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You know, I want you just to camp right here in your minds for just a moment. And I want to share with you a singular thought today concerning Thanksgiving. And I want to share with you today that in your quest to become a thankful person, you will find that there are many adversaries to your Thanksgiving. And chief among the foes of thankfulness is the idea that somehow or another you and I deserve God's blessings to be poured out over our lives. I was reluctant to use the term because there are probably a few of us that, well, there's probably none of us that would be willing to label ourselves as such, yet so many of us in some degree may deal with it, and that term is entitlement. Entitlement is the thing within us that says, I have it because I am due it. I am owed it and I'm sure that just the simple mention of the word I know it does for me 
conjures up all kinds of thoughts and feelings. When I say entitlement, you just, you've, you've got, how many of you right there? When I say entitlement, you, you're thinking about some spoiled brat somewhere. You're thinking about some lazy person someplace. You're, you're thinking about all these kinds of things. And there are those of us in our world today who carry with them a sense of entitlement that causes many of us to cringe because it's a sense of entitlement that's given birth to a, a kind of laziness that says, you know what, I'll just sit here and you can take care of me because I'm entitled to the care that you provide. That's one end of the spectrum, but can I tell you, there's a whole spectrum of entitlement. And entitlement is not just over here on this side that we just addressed, but there's another side, there's yet another kind of entitlement on the other end of the spectrum, and that's a little less recognizable and certainly more justified in our minds and in the minds of the public, and that's the person who feels that they have earned it. These are the people who feel that as if every good thing they enjoy in life is the fruit of their own doing. Don't get me wrong. We can make good choices in life that will lead us to good places. We can make poor choices in life that will lead us to poor places. But the truth is that we have to have some favor along the way if we're going to get to where we want to be. We, we, listen, the word says that no flesh is going to glory in the presence of the Lord. There, none of us are going to show up to heaven and say, well, Lord, I did a really good job. Thus, I am here. Ta-da! No, that's, that will not be the testament of one single individual every one of us will stand before the Lord and say that the grace of God has brought us up out of the mire of sin that we were in has redeemed us restored us and made us clean through the blood of Jesus Christ that thereby we might stand as the redeemed in the presence of the Lord now I, I am a proponent of hard work and I believe it should be rewarded and I know that the Bible says that of a man that's unwilling to work, that he also shouldn't eat. But we've also got to remember the following that we find in Deuteronomy that says, you may say to yourself, my power and my strength have produced wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Did you know that there are some people right now who have made the same choices in life that you have, who have taken some of the same actions that you have taken, but due to circumstances beyond their, controls, their, their control, they don't enjoy some of the things in life that you and I enjoy. Blessings are like turtles atop a fence post. Have you ever seen a turtle on top of a fence post? Let me just inform you that if you ever see a turtle on top of a fence post, you can be guaranteed of one thing and one thing only. He didn't get there by himself. 
And when you are looking around and you are surveying the blessings of your life and the manifold blessing of God and His favor manifest in your life, you can understand one thing. You didn't do it by yourself. You didn't get there alone. You're not prospered by yourself. You're not highly favored by yourself. But it is the manifestation of God's goodness in your life. There's a, there's a sense of entitlement. And I, I'm going to close here, but there's a sense of entitlement sometimes among people of faith. And I really want to touch on this. Because you know what? Sometimes when we are... When we are where we think we need to be in faith, we might have a tendency to say that if they had only done what I have done, they might not be dealing with the anxiety. If they had only done what I have done, they may not be battling with depression. If they had lived the way that I've lived and walked the route of faith that I've walked, they might not have the health battles. I'm just telling you things I've heard. We don't know that. God causes, the word says, the sun to shine on the just and the unjust. And, and I don't care what we've done to be so spiritually superior to those around us. If, if it were not for the grace of God over our lives, we wouldn't be any better off than anybody else. And I'm often struck with the thought as I study the Bible that it was not without reason that so many things are addressed therein. And it's true that God blesses obedience, but there are a lot of obedient people who have been obedient to the call of God and it costs them martyrdom. Let that sit there for a second. Well, they were obedient. They were. They lost their life in obedience. As a matter of fact, the example that Christ left us, that we're to follow, says that he became obedient even to the death of the cross. That was his reward for obedience in the physical in the spiritual, we know that it's much greater. But the, the summary statement of the entitled people is that people who feel a sense of entitlement are generally ungrateful people. Entitled people are un, generally ungrateful, and ungrateful people are generally bitter and unhappy and negative and pessimistic. And I want to tell you something today, church. Life is too short to be any of those things. I was, I was 16 years old when my great-grandmother passed away at 99 years of age. And I can remember my little 13, 14-year-old self, and I would hear my grandmother say, life is so short. And I'd say, this lady is wacky. She is all but a hundred years old, and that's a long time to a 14-year-old. But I'm telling you that your life is a vapor that appears for a little time, and then it's gone, 
and it's too short to be all tied up and all balled up inside with bitterness and unhappiness and negativity and pessimistic when the only thing that you and I would need to do to combat those things is to get up in the morning and begin counting our blessings and seeing what the Lord has done in our lives and understanding that we are not the tail but we have been made the head and that God is going before us and that he is making a way where there seems to be no way and he is providing and opening doors that no man can shut and closing doors that no man can open and he's got it under control you say thank you Lord Jesus thank you I had a fellow one day he was just hanging around in a store and they were all griping about how bad life was the guy said, everybody's got problems. The man says he ain't got no problems, he's a liar. I looked at him, I said, I don't, I don't have any problems. He said, well, you're lying then. I said, no, 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 no. I don't have any problems because when I got up this morning, I gave all my problems to Jesus, right? I don't, it's all good. Listen, people who feel entitled seldom feel blessed. And the truth of the matter is that we're all sustained by the blessing and the mercy of Almighty God. And I just want to invite you, when we look at this fellow Jacob, it's easy for us to say, oh, poor fellow, things should have turned out different for him. And they should have a lot worse. And it would be easy for Jacob to look at the blessing of God and think that he just simply got what he deserved for all the suffering, all the heartache that he had to endure, all the hard work that he had invested or because of his spiritual lineage. I mean, he's the, it's, we call it today the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I mean, he's, he's like spiritual pedigree. You know, God I deserve some blessing, right? Not Jacob. Jacob stands at this point in life not feeling entitled because of his suffering, not entranced by his role as a victim, but recognizing the blessings of God. And if you're here today with health and strength in your body, clothes on your back, when you leave, you're going to have food in your stomach, you're going to go home tonight, have a roof over your head, you're doing better than you deserve. You are doing better than you deserve and none of us are worthy of any such blessing and a thankful heart realizes that it's not worthy of the kindness and the faithfulness that we've been shown by the Lord. Are you a thankful person today? If you're a thankful person in the house today, would you just stand up and give the Lord praise and just begin to lift His name right now? Just begin to pour your praise on Him and say, Thank you, Lord. I am not worthy. I'm not worthy of the least, the least of your blessings in my life. And I want to challenge you in the coming days. Whatever, whatever you need to do right now, I don't, I don't know. But whatever you need to do right now, make a mental note, make a reminder on your phone, set it to repeat every morning something that brings that jot it on your post-it note to stick it on your mirror I don't know what you need to do but I just want to challenge you over the next several weeks 
that, that we would so focus in this season on Thanksgiving that once we exit the season that is designated, that we would have adopted a lifestyle that is continual. That we are thankful people. Because thankful people, it's not, just, it's not that blessed people are thankful people. I've met a lot of blessed people who weren't thankful. But thankful people are blessed people. And if you want to be blessed, you will be thankful. Amen. Would you just again lift your hands today and praise the Lord. Father, it says in your word that every good and perfect gift comes from above. From the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. And Lord, today we stand in your presence recognizing that we don't deserve the least. Even a fraction of the things that we can look around and see that our lives have been satisfied with. God, we don't deserve it. And we understand that to you belongs all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. So, Lord, today, corporately, we just declare, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming us. Thank you, Lord, for providing. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for leading our lives to places of abundance. And we give you the glory and all the honor. Listen, one final thing, and then we're going to worship the Lord in closing today. But if you're in this place... You say, Pastor, there's, there's an emptiness in my life. There's an unsettledness that something's missing. I am blessed. I want to challenge you today and just ask you this simple question. Do you know Jesus? Do you own Him as your Lord and Savior? Do you confess Him as your King? Have you repented of your sins? Have you asked Him to be the Lord of your life? And if the answer to that is no, then I, I can just tell you on the authority of the presence of the Lord in this place right now that today is the day to rectify that situation and to make that right and to understand here's, here's the peculiar thing about blessing that you can have all the world and know Jesus and you have nothing but if you have Jesus and this world from you withholds all its silver and its gold then at the end of the day you have everything and I urge you today not to leave this place until you have everything. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.